The Devils are now up three games to two, and they have an opportunity to close out the series at Madison Square Garden on Saturday. A lot of key players in this game. Akira Schmidt got his first career playoff shutout. Eric Halla had a good showing. Kevin Ball came in like a wrecking ball, in the words of Miley Cyrus. And trust me, all he wanted to do was break the walls of the New York Rangers. Andre Pilat, the grizzled veteran. Man, so much to talk about in this Game 5 victory for New Jersey Devils. Best showing of the series so far. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. We have a new leader in this series. The Devils have taken a 3-2 lead over the New York Rangers, and they are just one win away from advancing to the next round of the playoffs and sending the New York Rangers back home across the Hudson River. And the New Jersey Devils are on the brink of doing something that they have not done since 1994, in which they were able to overcome a 2-0 deficit and actually win the series. So the New Jersey Devils, they are just the comeback kids. You can never underestimate them. And now the series is in their hands. This game was pivotal for them because you'd rather get that win out the way because now the Rangers got to win two and you got to win one more. And the Devils are a really good road team so i think this plays into their favor especially since the devils even if they don't clinch it at madison square garden they still can go back uh to the prudential center and win in front of their home fans so this is really uh the new jersey devils series to lose at this point and i think a lot of people especially after this outing are starting to become more aware of what the new jersey devils are capable of so in this episode like i do with every post game recap we're going to shout out some players i have a hell of a lot of players to uh, give shout-outs to because it was a, a great collective team effort, and this was by far the best win out of the entire series so far for the New Jersey Devils. Then I'm going to give my initial thoughts to the game, share some stats, and then, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So let's start off with these shout-outs. So let's start with the big guy, Akira Schmid in net. What more can I say about Schmid? I am running out of adjectives to describe his overall game and his overall series because he has one badass story arc so far because think about it. He is a rookie goaltender. He's 22 years of age. He doesn't have that much experience. We as Devils fans, we were already aware of what he was capable of but he was able to just turn this series around for the New Jersey Devils down 0-2. Lindy Ruff makes a desperation move, puts him in net. And Akira Schmidt, he has gotten better game by game by game. And obviously, he was able to shut out the New York Rangers in this statement victory. And like I said, if the Devils hold on to win this series, Akira Schmidt has to be the front runner for your first round MVP just because I, I, I think you have to look at where the, the series turned and game three, that's where it turned for New Jersey Devils because they need to win that one. So that way they didn't go down 3-0 and they didn't uh, fall into the rabbit hole of possibly getting swept or even a gentleman sweep in which 
they are only able to rack up a single win during the playoffs. But digressing a little bit, Akira Schmidt has held down the fort. And like I said, I'm running out of ways to describe his overall game, and I'm not the only one. According to Christy Flannery, when she spoke to Lindy Ruff postgame, here's what Ruff had to say in regard to Akira Schmidt. He said, if I am being honest, I am running out of ways to describe how good Akira Schmidt is. He celebrates the first postseason shutout of his young and promising career. So, like I said, it is just one badass story arc for Akira Schmidt, and I'm running out of ways to describe his overall game. I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said already, but excellent shutout. Obviously, the Rangers didn't make it easy on him, but he was able to hold down the fort. He was able to make a lot of great A saves, and he was able to just, uh, like I said, this was a statement victory for Devils, and Akira Schmidt is definitely at the helm of it. So the next player that I need to give a shout out to, and he is my personal player of the game, and that is Eric Halla. So here's the thing for Eric Halla. Christy Flannery appeared on my show just yesterday, and she described Eric Halla as the heart and soul of this New Jersey Devils team. And if you didn't believe her then, I'm sure you believe her now because Eric Halla finished with a power play goal, an empty netter goal. He was able to get a shorthanded assist. And not only that, but he actually saved Akira Schmidt's shutout late in period number three. So we'll talk about that momentarily. Let's talk about his power play goal. Just right place, right time, right in front of Shesterkin and able to find the back of the net. And that was the second goal of the game that the New Jersey Devils scored. And then for the empty netter, basically the final nail in the coffin. So Eric Halla, he was at the helm of just uh, getting the Devils off and running early. And then he was at the end of it just putting the game officially out of reach for Rangers, giving them no hope of a comeback. And then for a shorthanded assist, I think this is his play of the game next to him saving Akira Schmidt's shutout because here's what happened. Devils are obviously on the penalty kill. Hala is able to swipe the puck away. So he and Dawson Mercer go on a two-on-one and he passes over to Mercer. Mercer goes back door on Chesterkin and the game is now 3-0 in favor of the New Jersey Devils. That was the best goal of the night for the New Jersey Devils because the previous two goals and no disrespect to Eric Halla and Andre Palat, but they were kind of fluky. And I think Shesterkin was in his head a little bit, but this goal was no fluke. It was a beautiful play drawn up by Eric Halla and also Lindy Ruff. So Halla pinpoint the, the pass beautifully in order to intercept the puck, take it down to the other side of the rink and get the shorthanded goal. And according to Amanda Stein, she says that the last player to score on a shorthanded playoff goal with the New Jersey Devils was Blake Coleman versus Tampa Bay on April 16th, 2018. So have a day for Eric Kala. But the one play that I don't think a lot of people are going to give him credit for was that there was at towards the end of period number three, the Rangers were in desperation mode. They were like trying to hunt for that goal so that way they didn't get shut out. So it's late in period number three. Players are bumping into one another. We saw some words and shells being exchanged between Lindgren and also Siegenthaler. And, but the one thing that people seem to forget about that play was that Eric Holler was able to locate the puck and blast it down to the other side of the rink to basically just negate any hope for the New York Rangers from not getting shut out. So that was my play in period number three that I think a lot of people need to give Eric Halla a lot of credit for. And I even tweeted about this. I think Akira Schmidt should send thank you notes to Eric Halla for basically saving his bacon and also preserving his shutout. But uh, Lindgren, like I just said, we saw him exchange some shoves with Siegenthaler. He was obviously frustrated because quite honestly, that puck should have went in for the New York Rangers. It did go past Schmidt, 
but it did not find the back of the net. And thus the, the Rangers weren't able to get their first goal. So I understand the frustrations were boiling over. We obviously saw Goodrow. We, we saw Zibanejad and just a lot of players throughout the course of the game for the Rangers side of things. The frustration was getting to them and it was getting into their heads just a little bit, but moving on Eric Halla, my player of the game for the New Jersey devils and this is why Eric Halla, similar to what Christy Flannery said in the previous episode, this is why Eric Halla is sort of like dealt at the trade deadline a lot throughout his career because you need a player of his caliber if you want any chance of competing. So like I said, a lot of people ridiculed Eric Halla during the course of the year, but he was able to prove a lot of people wrong. And towards the end of the regular season, we saw him go on a tremendous streak of scoring a lot of goals consistently and now it's leaking over into the playoffs and this game like I said Eric Halla just have a day power play goal empty netter shorthanded assist and he saved Akira Schmidt's shutout so Eric Halla round of applause my player of the game now let's talk about Kevin Ball and Damon Severson so like I said Christy Flannery was on the show yesterday and she talked about how Kevin Ball was more of an underrated player on the team for New Jersey Devils during the course of the playoffs. And she said uh, at the conclusion of period number one during the course of the game, she said, in my humble opinion, this team's third defensive pair of Damon Severson and Kevin Ball has been the most consistent for New Jersey in this series. They have looked solid. Boy, was she right. Because look at Kevin Ball this game, just throwing his body around and treating the New York Rangers like they're a bunch of ragdolls out there. Because at one point, we saw uh, Kevin Ball have a huge hip check, and that got the rock bumping. That got people on Twitter buzzing. And Goodrow just saw enough of Kevin Ball, and he tried to fight him. Yes, yes, Goodrow, the the, the small guy trying to fight uh, Kevin Ball. Uh, Goodrow, you might want to pick on someone your own size, but in this case, you're the little man, so you might want to pick on someone who's a little smaller than you. But yeah, we saw Ball and Goodrow get into it a little bit. And since Ball does have the height advantage, Goodrow wasn't able to get any good licks on him. And neither did Kevin Ball, really. Kevin Ball was able to shove him to the ice, but there was no harm, no foul. But the one thing I could say about Kevin Ball, he is certainly showing why he should be an everyday player. And he has taken a complete 360 from being that seventh defenseman on the roster to now being an everyday player and playing a vital role in the aggressive nature for New Jersey Devils and basically trying to take the wind out of the Rangers' sails. So Kevin Ball has been a big help for New Jersey Devils on their blue line. And something I also talked with Christy in yesterday's episode was that what I noticed from Kevin Ball is that he keeps offensive possessions alive. And his uh, release from the top of the point, just a beauty, able to just rocket it deep into the offensive end for New Jersey Devils. That's how the offensive possessions stay alive for New Jersey. So great effort from Kevin Ball. But now let's talk about his defensive partner in Damon Severson. So I know I ridiculed Damon Severson a lot. I know I talked about the fact that he most likely won't be on the team come next year. But at the same time, Damon Severson has accepted sort of a smaller role for the New Jersey Devils because one thing that we talked about for Damon Severson and his track history is that he's a great offensive-minded defenseman. Like, usually he's the one racking up the offensive numbers for the Devils' blue line. But in this case, the advanced analytics show it. He is doing the minuscule things in order to help the Devils win. And I know sometimes he'll have a blunder here and there, but Damon Severson has actually been having a very good year the stats might not show it like in terms of points assists and goals but at the same time there's a reason why Damon Severson continues to play and similar to what Christy Flannery said the pairing between Damon Severson and Kevin Ball has been close to perfect 
during the course of the playoffs and their consistency is just, you, you can't ignore it. So one thing I want to give Damon Severson credit for is that, yeah, we can talk about the power play goal that was scored by Eric Holla in period number two, but they broke this down during the course of the telecast uh, during an intermission. You saw that Damon Severson was at the top of the point, and basically what Damon Severson was doing was what the New York Rangers were doing with the Devils back in game one and game two, basically toying with them a little bit, trying to bait them. So you see Damon Severson, he does a little bit of a give and go. He's like putting the moves on, and they kind of compared his move to something that Kale McCarr would do, and that's high praise for Damon Severson. So we saw Damon Severson just treat the Rangers like they were a mouse and he was a cat and he was able to slide it on down to Mercer and Mercer was able to uh, shoot it quickly over to Holland. Holland is able to knock it on in past Shesterkin and Shesterkin, unfortunately, like I said, in my opinion, a little bit of a fluke goal. I'm sure Shesterkin stops that most of the time, but it was just a great sense of positioning for Eric Holland. But I think that play should be given more credit to Damon Severson for basically trapping the New York Rangers in that sort of sense. So great uh, effort from our blue liners and Kevin Ball and Damon Severson and the overall aggression. Now, one last player that I need to shout out is Andre Pilat because Andre Pilat was able to get things going relatively early for the New Jersey Devils. So do you know how many shots on goal that Andre Pilat had in the first four games of the series? Three. Do you know how many he had in this game? Five. And he scored the first goal of the game. And going back to his empty netter goal in game four, he has back-to-back goals, according to the New Jersey Devils. So this is one of the things that we need to see from Andre Pilat, which is I know a lot of people were disappointed with his overall regular season performance. And quite honestly, I'm in that same boat. And I know injuries plays a factor. But the one thing I say is, and I said it early on in this episode, you seal your legacy during the course of the playoffs. And that's what Andre Pilat is starting to do just a little bit more. And they talked about it during the telecast once again, which is which player do the Devils rely on? They rely on Andre Pilat because he's been in the playoffs many times. He's won Stanley Cup. So Andre Pilat is starting to come into fruition just a little bit more. This is what we wanted to see during the course of the season. So Andre Pilat just uh, just getting the first goal of the game 30 seconds in. It was off a broken faceoff. So it went over to Shesterkin, and then uh, off the rebound, Andre Pilat was able to knock it on in. So once again, that's why I consider that a fluke goal. But like I said, it doesn't matter. You got the goal, and you should be satisfied with it. So Andre Pilat stepping up his game a little bit and starting to come into his own as the playoffs progress. And if Devils do advance to the next round of the playoffs, I think Andre Pilat he'll start to advance his game a little bit more as well. Okay, so there's another player that I want to talk about, but at the same time, it's more of a conspiracy theory than uh, an actual shout-out, so I'll talk about that in a, in a few moments. But let's just talk about what the New Jersey Devils did in this game to the New York Rangers. So courtesy of ESPN and their overall stats, going into this matchup, if you compare the first two games and the last two games for the New York Rangers, the difference is night and day. So first two games of the series – Rangers had 10 goals. They had 53 shots. Their power play, they were four for 10, thanks to Chris Kreider. Giveaways, they had nine. And then last two games, and this game didn't make it any better. Goals, two. Shots, 59. Power play, 0 for 8. Giveaways, 34. So nine giveaways in the first two games, 34 giveaways 
in the last two games leading up to game five. So I talked about how you noticed that Lindgren and also Goodrow, Zabanajad, they were expressing their frustrations. And also we saw Shesterkin, he got into it with Timo Meyer a little bit. And that's the conspiracy theory that I want to talk about momentarily. So I think for the New York Rangers, and I hope no Rangers fans take this the wrong way, but I think it's getting to them mentally a little bit because their head coach, Gerard Glant, he admitted uh, post-game after uh, game four that he was not happy with the overall team effort and that they just didn't come out to play. Well, in this game, it was no better. So I think it's getting to the Rangers mentally just a little bit more because we saw that the Rangers were trying to play East-West in game four and it didn't work for them. It works for a team like the Devils, but it doesn't work for the Rangers. So I, similar to the example that I use for Damon Severson, where Severson's the cat and the Rangers are the mouse. And right now Severson's trying to, to bait them in. I think that's what the entire New Jersey Devils team is doing with the New York Rangers. So the big thing that I want to talk about is uh, Timo Meyer. So look, I know that Timo Meyer he doesn't have a point still in, during the course of the playoffs, but his presence is definitely being felt at least from an aggressive standpoint. So the one thing I want to say about Timo Meyer is that he knows how to get underneath the skin of his opponents. So in this game, for example, Shesterkin let up a fluke goal to Andre Palat. And we all know this is sort of like a meme amongst Ranger fans. And I think Devils fans have also picked up on it. But after Shesterkin lets up a goal, it seems like he expresses his frustration a little bit more than the average goalie. Or maybe that's just me. But anyway, after... Uh, Shesterkin let up that fluke goal to Andre Palat. I'm sure he it was in his head a little bit because he knows how important this game is for the New York Rangers because basically whoever wins this game most likely will win the series. So I think Timo Meyer, being the pest that he is, being the menace that he is, he just exchanged some words with Shesterkin. They exchanged uh, some bumps here and there. And then when there was a little bit of a scuffle happening towards the end of period number one, what does Timo Meyer do? He knocks, I believe, a piece of equipment out of Shesterkin's hands. I don't know what it was. I forget what they said on air, and I can't remember it from the top of my head. But basically, I think Timo Meyer was playing mind games with Shesterkin a little bit because the one thing that I, I got to give credit to Shesterkin is that he's a really good goalie. And, I, and, I, and any Devils fan who says he's not, you're lying to yourself. He's a fantastic goalie. And like I said, he's one of the best goalies in this generation right now. But I alluded to this during my conversation with Christy Flannery when I said that you're not going to score X amount of goals on Shesterkin, so you got to work with what you're being given. So in that in, in that instance, it's like nobody can beat Shesterkin but Shesterkin, and, and, and it gets into his head a little bit. So that's what Timo Meyer was doing. He was being a little bit of a menace. Now, I'm not the big biggest fan of conspiracy theories. I'm not the biggest fan of like speculating in that sort of instance. They did talk about it during the course of the broadcast, but I think Timo Meyer knew what he was doing, which is I'm not scoring. I'm racking up a little uh, too many penalties. Uh, I'm getting robbed that time. So what am I going to do? I'm going to try to piss off my opposition any way that I can to help my team win. And that's one of the reasons why we got Timo Meyer, guys, because he brings that aggression. He brings that dogged mentality. And like I said, even if he's not scoring, at least he's contributing in that sort of way. So if you want to give credit where credit is due, I think Timo Meyer played a big factor in the complete breakdown from Shesterkin because what happened in period number two? Like I said, he let up a power play goal that was kind of a fluke goal to Eric Halla. 
than for Dawson Mercer. That was just a beauty of, of a shot from Dawson Mercer. So there was no fluke there. But it, it just seemed like Shesterkin wasn't really on his game as the game progressed. And I think Timo Meyer kind of plays a factor in that. So, like I said, I'm just speculating. I'm not I'm not a lip reader, so I don't know what Timo Meyer actually said to Shesterkin. I can only go based on what uh, I, I see and observe and hear on the broadcast. But it's something that they talked about. So, like I said, not the biggest fan of conspiracy theories, but I think that was an interesting topic to discuss. So, I think Timo Meyer knew what he was doing, got under the skin of Shesterkin, and we just saw a little bit of a collapse from the Rangers netminder. So let me know what you guys think. Do you think Timo Meyer got into Igor's head a little bit? Do you think that Timo Meyer kind of plays a, a factor in how the New Jersey Devils operate, at least from a physicality standpoint? Here's your guys' thoughts. So round of applause to Timo Meyer. I know a lot of people are frustrated with his point production or lack thereof. But at the same time, at least he's just adding that grit, that toughness, and also just getting underneath the skin of his uh, opponent. So I'm satisfied with that either way. Now, before we compare the final stats and I give the Devils a letter grade, let me tell you about eBay Motors because I'm a big NASCAR guy. I'm a big car guy. So, And I actually, uh, unfortunately, left a nasty gash on my car just a few days ago. Don't worry, I'm, all, I'm, I'm good and all. But I'm going to head over to eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit so you can be sure that every part you need fits right and the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know which part will fit or your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is named the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so where do the devils go from here before I compare the final stats? Well, here's where, here's where I stand for New Jersey Devils. Close it out as quickly as possible. Don't give the New York Rangers any sort of life. You have them in the palm of your hand. They are messed up mentally. They are messed up physically. And they have continued to get worse during these past three games. So the first time the Devils won, they escaped by the skin of their teeth. They won in overtime, thanks to Dougie Hamilton. Second go-around, when the Devils were able to win, they tied it. And that was a better showing. And now... In this game, game five, best showing of the playoffs so far, shutting out the Rangers, frustrations just lingering in the heads of the Rangers in blue. So you got them right where you want them, so don't give them a confidence booster. And I know game seven is in the Devils building, but at the same time, if you have a chance to end the series, end it right now. And like I said early on in the show, the Devils have a chance to do something that they have not done since 1994, which is overcome a 2-0 deficit and actually go on to win the series. And uh, surprisingly, the Devils, uh, they lost the first two games to the Boston Bruins that series in 1994 at home. So deja vu, and the Devils just continue to do something that they have not done since the 90s or the early 2000s, wherever the case might be. So the Devils in the driver's seat, close out in game six, but you do have a couple games to play with. But I don't want to give the 
Rangers any sort of momentum going forward. Don't give them any sort of confidence because look what happened to the Rangers in this instance. They gave the devil some confidence and it kind of snowballed into something bigger and something that they could not control. So that's my thing. I, and the Devils are a good road team. So I have confidence that they will be able to finish it out. And Akira Schmidt, like I said, he is building up one hell of a story arc. And there's been a lot of great players that we underestimated during the course of the regular season. They are stepping up their game big time. And also, I, got, I forgot to mention this, but Andre Palat, he scored his 50th career playoff goal. So congratulations to him. So here's the thing. Here's an interesting fact for you guys. Knock on wood. The winner of game five, Goes on to win the series 79% of the time. Hopefully that doesn't jinx anything. I don't believe in jinxes. I believe in timely or untimely coincidences. So if you actually do believe in that, knock on some wood right now. But let's compare the stats and I'll give the Devils a letter grade. So shots on goal category. The Devils got their most shots on Shesterkin during the course of this series. They were able to get 42 on them. But remember... One of the goals that the Devils scored was an empty netter goal. So the Devils finished off with 43 shots on goal compared to the Rangers' 23. Face-off percentage, 50% apiece. Power play, Devils were 1 for 5, Rangers were 0 for 2. So the Rangers are now 0 for 10 on their last power play opportunity. So great penalty killing by the New Jersey Devils. Hits, 43 to 23 in favor of the Rangers. Like I said, Rangers were trying to ruffle the feathers of the New Jersey Devils. Didn't work. Blocks, 24 to 14 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, Devils led that department 13 to 8. But overall, the Rangers have not been cleaning up the puck. And if that Eric Holla uh, shorthanded assist proved anything, you got to You got to do better uh, of just trying to make sure that the Devils don't get off and run. But uh, like I said, not trying to take credit away from Dawson Mercer. It was a beauty of a goal. But I think Eric Holla stole the show in that regard. So if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, I'd be idiotic to not give them an A. They deserve an A across the board. Best showing of the series so far. Devils just continue to improve, and they're going back to what they did during the course of the regular season. Rack up the goals, rack up the points, and just find ways to win and find that contribution, find that depth up and down the lineup. Because when you look at the goal scorers, Andre Palat, Eric Halla, Dawson Mercer, I, I guess you can consider him on the same tier as Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad, Nico Keisher. Speaking of Jesper Bratt, he looks absolutely scared out there. I might have to talk about that in the next episode. But anyway, Eric Hall scored twice, obviously. But yeah, so it was a great contribution up and down the board for New Jersey Devils. And yeah, they deserve an A across the board. Just great effort and great showing. I'm running out of adjectives to describe it. But let me know what you guys think. What did you think of the game for New Jersey Devils? What is your mindset going into game six at Madison Square Garden? Can the Devils finish it off or are we going to the Prudential Center, once again, for the most famous words in all of sports, Game 7. So curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMat4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.